0: Hey everyone, before we start on this episode, we wanted to let you know that you can watch our Catalog and Cocktails episode live with us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central via Zoom. Check the link in our bio for more information, and we hope you join us in the discussion in real time. Now, let's get back to the episode.
1: Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to yet again another Wednesday. It is time for cataloging Cocktails. This is a weekly live hangout. It's an honest, no BS, no sales conversation about data management with our tasty beverages in hand. Today, I am drinking an Army Navy with soda. Uh, Juan, what do you got going on?
0: I'm gonna make this right here. I'm doing uh, one of my favorite drinks to do when it's a nice cold day. So it's a carajillo. So this is a liquor of 43 and then you put that with an espresso, kind of put it on top. Yeah, I
1: cheers. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome. Uh, I- I'm Tim Gasper, Director of Product over at Data.World. Juan is our Principal Scientist. You know, we like to get together and we like to talk about data management and uh, we got some great topics today. But before we go into that, uh, we do wanna say that um, uh, please join us. September 23rd, we have our first ever Data.World Summit. This is just your fyi on that it will be a half day of ideas and, and guidance and journeys into sort of innovations around data and data practices technology leadership you can register you just go to data.world it's the big homepage banner takeover right now or you can go to data.world slash events slash summit so uh, please check that out uh, it will be an awesome event and that is the one data.world specific thing that we're going to talk about right now and make sure that you all check that out it's going to be a great event Last week, we were talking about AI, and today we're gonna to talk about some more AI. We're gonna talk about our robot overlords and should we be bowing down to them or not?
0: Last week, we were, we were talking about crowdsourcing where we kicked this off about uh, wanted to talk about AI, but it's just such a large topic. And I actually got the book, textbook on artificial intelligence, a modern approach, right? This is your classic textbook, the Russell and, and Peter Norvig book. And we all talk about AI and what is AI. And I think it's important to say, okay, What is actually the definition of AI? Let's put all the hype aside and and, and let's go back to the textbook definition. Simply, AI is we want to be able to understand and how to build intelligent agents. And we want to be able to go build these intelligent agents. And this is really interesting. We go back in history, there's four different areas that we categorize the definitions of AI. Uh, We have systems that can think like humans, systems that can think rationally, systems that can act like humans, and systems that can act rationally. So think like humans, act like humans, and think rationally and act rationally. Let's just put that as a, as a perspective here, kind of to, to, to put as a baseline of what is AI, right? This is the textbook definition, and now there's so much blah, stuff about AI, and now everybody brings in AI and like ml and machine learning becomes a, a synonym to ai which is not true we have there's a, there's so many different areas of ai and think machine learning is just one type of that area yeah
1: when they learn about ai and they get excited about what it can do you know um they they tend to gravitate towards ml and you you even see that in the data management space a lot right that there's a lot of like what ml features does your platform have and that kind of thing right and and obviously, you know, for for most of you on this call, you're probably already pretty familiar with uh, with AI and ML. But, you know, for those that are a little newer to the concept, I mean, you hear uh, Juan kind of introduce it there. You know, AI is really the sort of the superset, right, Where uh, where sort of any sort of automation and whether it's trying to act like a human or it's just trying to make, you know, the right thing happen, do so without having to do it manually all the time you know, AI can take many shapes and forms, right? But machine learning specifically is more where you're creating a model, a statistical model, and trying to get sort of things to be automatically um, sort of applied or work to be done based on that model, right? And, and ML can take many, many different forms. There's all sorts of different algorithms that can accomplish machine learning. And even a subset of that is deep learning, right? And that's where you're actually using neural network approaches and uh, you know, for those who are not as familiar with sort of the, the rabbit hole that is AI, ML, deep learning, all that jazz, feel free to, to, to do a little Google through and, and you can go down that rabbit hole at your leisure. But there's a, there's a lot there to unpack and, and all sorts of ways that it can apply to the data management realm.
0: And, and Tim, remember there's this other area of AI, which is, doesn't have all that popularity right now, but it's always there, which is let's call it the logic-based part or the, the reasoning side of AI, right? This is where the rules come into place. Yeah. And, and all the semantics where you can do inferencing and these two things together are kind of the, all you put together. These this is the AI that we're talking about. And uh, because of this, the large amounts of data that we have that we've been generating, the whole deep learning thing got so popular because you have ImageNet back almost like eight years ago, started to create this gigantic database of images and we started learning about that. That became the big boom of things being more about the data. Uh, but you have more. You have the data side, like I'll just call it the data side of AI, and you have like the more logic, uh rule part uh, of AI. And what we're seeing today is there's been all these advances. Kind of the the rule side had a lot of advances. What's called during the 90s and, and and through the 90s and early 2000s, and then during the 2000s, the data side got a lot of advances. And now we're starting to see how these two things realize that they need to work together. Right? There's a lot of the common sense type of stuff that. It is part of the reasoning side of AI. Even though you can learn a lot of things, sometimes the whole now you hear the explainability, right? How do I explain what this AI model is? is why does this? Why is this happening? This is when the, the rules, the logic side of AI is coming into play. So that's yeah. a two-part marriage. So kind of the set the kind of the set the 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 no fluff part of, of what is AI here. So now let's bring this into data management and data catalogs and everything. And like we were talking last time, if we step back for a moment, why, would we, why do we think about we need AI within an organization uh, to help us? And essentially is that we spend too much time doing things that we believe that we should not be spending our time on, right? So if we go back to the categories of the personas, right? You have our data consumers, our producers, consumer data, for example, a data scientist, a data analyst, they need to go find data. So they can go do their analysis, and they spend too much time finding their data. I want to be able to reduce that time. A data steward spends so much time documenting all the databases or the, the assets that they have under their control, assessing the quality of it. Right? That's time. That's time that they don't want to go spend on that. A data engineer spends too much time providing access to all the consumers of data, saying, "No, oh, you here. You have you can authorize. You have access to to this data set or not." So I guess yeah. the, the goal in an enterprise is that we want to reduce the amount of time that's being spent on tasks that we may consider a bit superfluous or just annoying because heck time is money right so yep. the popular and now expected solution to this problem is slap it ai ai will help us do x y and z such that we spent less time on this stuff right well that's the
1: that's the magic that everyone's hoping for right is that you know the data is growing exponentially, the use cases are growing exponentially, and humans growing linearly, ideally, but probably flat, or maybe even declining more likely, right? And so, you know, when we think about, you know, these use cases, you're exactly right, Juan. It, you know, there's definitely this class of use case where it's, you know, I want to I take what humans are doing, and I want to extend them, I want to amplify them, I want to scale them, right? Um, scale that manual effort, or that rote effort, or that maybe error-prone effort. And then the second class of things is, you know, unlocking maybe insights and things like that, that it might have been harder for a human to determine, right? Can we, can, can we use machine intelligence to help surface anomalies or things that, you know, a human might miss, right? And I think those two things together seem to encompass quite a bit.
0: Yeah, so, so there are things that they're, they're just tasks we want to be able to automate, but then there are things that it's really, really hard for us as humans to be able to go uh, to. Go yeah. do. So maybe um, there's
1: too many variables at play, yeah. or whatever it is, right?
0: Actually, both of us, we were we were we were meeting with some folks. Uh, What's called the company, Sisu. Oh, Sisu, yeah,
1: yeah, Sisu, yeah, yeah. right.
0: So I we were meeting with these folks, and I really like their approach of how they say we want to be able to come. There's all these different variables that we want to go manage, but you a human can't go do it. And the goal is to really understand the why. Why is this? Why is the data trending one way or the other? Well, we can go in and go test out all these variables, but they're just going to be so many, but we want to be able to have a, a way, an automated way to go in. And the, what I really liked what they were presenting is, but still pass this on to the human. And it's extra, it's this what you've called before this collective intelligence that you want to be able to combine the humans and the machines together. And I think you another thing you just mentioned, Tim, was how do we scale humans? So I think the premise is that if We imagine the spectrum that we've decided for about humans on one side and machines on the other, right? We're not going to do everything completely automatic, uh, completely manual, and this expectation that we can automatically do everything with a magic wand—that's really la la land. So we really need to go find what is that medium where well, we need to have humans, but we can't have them involved all the time. We need to go find that balance and how do we scale humans here, uh, but make sure that they're also part of the loop. So I think yeah. that's that's the. That's the crux, and that's what we're really going to go do. And, and and I tell everybody, if you're somebody's selling you some AI system that's going to go do all this stuff magically, please be skeptical. Please be critical about this. Don't drink the Kool Aid just like that. Just simply be skeptical. Yeah. No, I
1: think that's uh, it's really important. And I think that I, I really like this collective intelligence framework that we've been kind of riffing on here, where. You know, there's sort of the there is a little bit of human asymmetry, right? So you got more your top down folks where there are experts, there are subject matter experts. They're the ones who you know should be the ones who set the initial rules, or they you know have uh, pure edit rights onto your metadata or your particular governance processes. In order to have an environment of literacy and participation and uh, and really accelerating uh, broader insights we kind of brought up this idea of crowdsourcing. And obviously for those who didn't check that out, you know, definitely check out the recording of uh, last week's episode uh, where we talked more about crowdsourcing. But that does leave a third piece of this sort of collective intelligence triangle, which is automation, right? And there is AI automation ML that can come to bear on these different processes that can be quite useful. What are those use cases, right? Where can that be really helpful? And I think particularly here we'll try to explore a little bit more in the context of sort of you know, metadata and data cataloging and things like that. But, um, but obviously, you know, these use cases can extend further.
0: You're talking about use case. And I think we need to step back for a second and look at what I would categorize as, as the two, the two kind of big use cases is one. I want to do something with data, give me my data. or once I have data, I'm going to go do something with it. I'm going to do my analytics. I need to go predict something I need to go use it to go recommendations. I'm, I'm using the data and I want to have my AI system, which could be uh, powered by some machine learning techniques powered by some inferencing re- reasoning techniques. I want that to be able to I'm basically input is the data and output is going to be something unique, something that I could have not a human could have not done on their own. Right. That, that's one thing. Yeah. But the input to what we just discussed Is data, so that's one thing. So it's the usage of data, where the input is data, and the output is going to be some insight, something to be done with the data that I learned. But the other thing we need to think about is how do I actually create that data, because we always talk about garbage in and garbage out. So then, how do we actually create the data? And I think those are the particular another set of tasks, which are different from the usage of data. So there's there's tasks that occur when you want to use data. But there are other types of tasks that, that occur when you want to go create the data, but you also want to be able to go automate, automate those tasks. And when it comes to data management, the manage of data, the catalog of data, we really want to go focus on that, on, uh, on the how I create the data. Then you'll have other tools that will say, hey, give me the data. I'm going to go do something really smart with it. So I think, those, I think that's the two kind of different versions, how, how I see the world. What's your take on that?
1: I think I agree with you but you know your choice of the word create is interesting in terms of create data. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what, what why do you say create data and what does that mean for you?
0: I think that the ultimate the, the ultimate application in that area is, is is literally data integration for an enterprise, right? You have disparate sources coming from you have different data data coming from different sources. I want to be able to go integrate that and be able to quote, ideally create my clean, understandable view of data. And I want to be, I want to be able to automate that as much as I can. And there's going to be much AI techniques involved in there. That's, that's my creation part. And once that's there, I want to go pass that data on to other systems. that are going to go do really cool fancy automated stuff and, and, the, AI, and the AI will do that. Right. So that's where I'm kind of using the, the word creation here, but it doesn't mean I'm creating it from scratch, right? It's, I'm taking other data that exists, that I'm integrating and, and, and putting it all together. And Got it. it, yeah, yeah. The, the so, so it can be
1: uh, curating the data, connecting the data, elevating it, and then ma- going into the management of it, right? And then sort of the reuse of it, right?
0: Yeah, so, um, so for example, when we talk about like on, on the usage of the data, nowadays we have autonomous vehicles now, right? And they take as input Sensor data and their out, output right there is like the car knows where to go, how to stop and so forth, right? Uh, personal assistants like Siri or Alexa, right? They take as input your voice and they can go translate all that stuff and they output, they make a decision on things. And the same thing, like we're going to do recommendations or predictions and, 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 and why is my, how can I improve my KPI and all that stuff. But the other sets of tasks are, are I think, are more related to the data management data integration. I have to integrate heterogeneous schemas of data. I have different carriers of policies. I have different claims that come in. They all send me data in a different format. I have to do schema matching for that. Oh, I have to know that Bob Smith in this one database is the same Robert Smith in this other database. I, have, I, I, I get, for example, the data and, and, and data, for example, has a bunch of sick uh, of codes or NAICS codes. How do I know that that those next codes associated with those companies are actually correct? Can I trust those numbers? Can I trust codes that have been applied there? How do I know the data quality of that? Those are tasks I need to go uh, deal with, right? So those are the types of kind of the the, the tasks I need to go deal with. I'm kind of quote unquote creating the data. How do I know if if there's PII information in here, right? So those are are the two types of kind of world that I see when we're talking about data. And and when it comes to data management, data catalogs metadata management, data governance, we're in this, the creation of the data. How do we best do that? How do we best automate that? So I think that's where, that. That, that's my perspective on this. So we need to separate this and see where, where everybody's interested yeah
1: Now that, that, that's really interesting. And now that you say that, like, I kind of see these things kind of splitting into two camps a little bit, Then, like similar to what you're saying, maybe one that is more uh, you know, AI as the product, where sort of the AI, the automation is the thing that you're trying to put out there. And then AI is the enrichment and the contextualization, right? And so, in this context, you know, uh, specifically the enrichment and the contextualization, I think that's where we start to explore some interesting use cases. So, you mentioned things like connecting and linking the data together, right? There's something really valuable and automatable um, and sort of uh, in, in sort of being able to not only connect data together, but create abstractions on top of that data. So that definitely seems like something, right? That is a key use case here where AI can really help. Um, We talked previously about making manual tasks less manual, or at least, you know, giving the ability to do things at a wider scale, right? Maybe that is the bulk application of things. Maybe it is the, um, you know, setting up of rules or something like that, right? That seems like that's another one.
0: If we set up a rule, as simple as that sound, that that is AI, right? And we want to go. We're we're providing a set of rules. We're inferring. If I see this, then do that, right? As simple as that sound, that is AI. Uh, yeah, there was a good joke in
1: have... the chat that said, uh, uh, "If it's PowerPoint, then it's also AI," uh, <laughs> and and that's funny. And I will say, eh, but you know, if they, if you put in a macro in your cell, or even if you put in an equation in a cell, like. Well, that kind of is AI, right? Those are rules that we're applying as logic that we're applying. So sorry to interrupt, but uh, you know, that, oh, but that, 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 I thought that was funny—a a funny connection to what was mentioned. Yeah, I
0: agree. I agree on that. And then, but so there, you can have rules like this, but you also want to be able to say, automatically tag things, right? So let's go back to the to, to the use case that you have a, a data analyst. They want to go on, find data. How do I best find data? I would be able to automatically add tags data sets and I want to be able to go search based on those tags that can really reduce the amount of time, but I want to be able to automate the, adding the tag. But then are we going to automatically accept what an, artist, what an AI system machine learning system is going to return to me as tags. So imagine I have literally a thousand data sets. I run it through through my AI system and it's going to slap 10 tags on each one. Are we actually going to accept that? I mean,
1: well, I think I think that's where the the human in the loop becomes pretty important there, right? Because I think and the
0: crowdsourcing. Yeah,
1: and the crowdsourcing because you know uh, if it's ninety five percent accurate, that's great, but then you apply it to a hundred thousand assets. Five percent of those hundred thousand assets have been you know misapplied, right? And then even in those another ninety five percent, there's probably a gradient of how happy you are with the results, right? So I think that uh, that's interesting, right? There's a, there's a challenge there, and you know it really puts a test a little bit to that collective intelligence triangle of you know how do you get those three things working together nicely?
0: And it goes back to what we were talking about crowdsourcing last week, which is do you want everybody to be involved with this? So what if we say you know what I'm gonna accept everything, or I'm gonna accept everything that's 90% above automatically? Okay. are going to go start searching for this and they're going to say wow that's not what i was looking for this was wrong we should take that tag away that's where you want the the collective intelligence you want the users involved in crowd searching saying i'm going to eliminate this tag and then the steward can come in and say yeah they're they're right guess what you start realizing what are the data sets that are most interested even though you have thousands of data sets you did not need to go spend all your time curating those thousand data sets the, co- the collective intelligence, the people are the ones who are going to tell you. Crowd is the, the one who's going to realize, oh, these are the important things and also help you kind of figure out what are those best tags. And yeah.
1: That. Well, and this is where we get into use cases again a little bit because I think that tag- tagging is a really good case study. Because if the goal is to just organize, if the goal is to curate, if the goal is to help people discover because you want people to search on these tags, right? And maybe these tags are a little bit more abstract and more connected to the things that people are searching for than maybe some of the, you know, most catalogs these days have full text search, certainly data.world does, right? But like, uh, you know, tags sometimes can be very effective. You know, in those use cases, you know, you're probably more tolerant of, uh, of issues, right? Of, of, if it's 95%, even if it's 80%, right? Like, even if sometimes it's tagging the wrong thing, maybe overall, it's improving the organization of the catalog and the discoverability of the catalog. But imagine the use case was like sensitive data right? And you're trying to identify, is it a social security number? Is it an email? Is it a phone number? Is it phone number adjacent and social so, you know, Maybe it's a partial, but it's close enough that it should be treated like sensitive, et cetera, right? Um, you know, those are example use cases where maybe a probabilistic, you know, this is like deterministic versus probabilistic. Maybe a probabilistic approach is not so good, and maybe you really need to do uh, more of a deterministic approach. This is where rules maybe make more sense, you know, regexes and things and, like that.
0: Yeah, and it's a combination, right? You want to have well, also what's also learned as active learning and have somebody involved that will improve the algorithm, that improve the model once it learns things, right? Well, human will provide some input, it will learn, right? The other areas of, of reinforcement learning is another area of machine learning where this is where this happens. But mm-hmm. so so you have things like different tasks when it comes to that kind of the creation that I was talking about, the creation of data kind of bucket, we were talking about, I need to go tag data sets, identify uh, if something has PII, but again, like data quality, we can go like, there are things that we can go learn automatically, but then there are other things that we have such a big, what we call, I would, I would call an AI complete problem, which is it's not even if we had general AI, it could be a solved problem. And these are things when not even the humans will agree on the definition. The example I always give people have seen me hear, hear my talks. And everything is what is an order? What is a customer? What is net sales of an order? Not even the humans will agree what this is. Why the heck do we expect that the machine can come up with so much info, come up with the correct answer? We let's assume that we could if we have enough data. Right. We have we we'll create our machine learning models we will create a lot of data. To be able to learn this, the thing is that we have a lot of raw data, a lot of rows, right? That's why we can do really well today record linkage, entity linking, all that stuff. But we don't have enough metadata, we don't have enough schema matches, alignments to be able to go learn all these or create a model to go learn and suggest what these mappings could be. We are really far away from that because it just takes so long to go integrate two three databases right so we're never going to have enough metadata to be able to pull that all together so i think that's one of the reasons for me that we cannot have yet an automatic automatic ai system that can do schema matching that's kind of my proof by example that i think this is an ad complete problem
1: yeah there's certainly some vendors working on that problem right Uh, like magic make your data all come together like
0: uh but but this is the stuff that i say we got to be skeptical about right yeah yeah i can say oh f name should be mapped to first name and l name should be mapped to last name yes and guess what most probably they did a lot of string matching to go do all this stuff and also guess what in reality probably five ten percent of your enterprise schemas are like that but the examples I always give is you, you go look at any big database schema, an, an Oracle, EBS, an SAP system. You just have a bunch of attributes called segment one, segment two with code names ABC that mean nothing. I mean, what, is these, what does this data actually mean? It's yeah. all in some data dictionary somewhere else.
1: Well, you know, and that reminds me that, you know, at some point we'll have a session, one of these sessions on master data management, because this starts to remind me of the problem set that master data management is trying to solve. And, you know, there isn't that magic master data management button yet that you can press where all of a sudden all your data just magically turns into the golden record, right? It takes you... You got to build the rules. It comes bundled with rules, but you got to build the rules, right? It comes bundled with machine learning, but you got you to apply it in the right ways, you know, and then you have to know what order means in your organization or how are you going to create a master data model for it? Because it might be right for you, but it's wrong for me, right?
0: Well, I think this is also important this is under and we've talked about this in different sessions before, is that let's be transparent. It's okay if we have different definitions. We cannot start, start with expecting that we're going to have that clean definition from day one. And, uh, I, and I, also, I saw somebody on the chat, uh, I think uh, Ilya was saying, I completely agree with this. A human should be the curator rather, rather than the creator of these tags, right? Exactly. We got to go we, we need to make sure that the human is involved. And how do we scale the human in this process? So it's, I always ask myself, we talk about human in the loop, like, is it really human in the loop? Or is it the machine in the loop? Like, what is the balance? And I think that's what we ultimately need to go find here is AI, automatic techniques, AI based on machine learning, based on rules, semantics, and uh, ontologies, these will help us automate things. Depending on the use cases, depending on the users, we need to go find a balance of how much we can actually go auto, can fully automate, how much we can go trust that, how much the human needs to be involved. This depends on the success criteria that we want to go establish. So many different variables. It is not a silver bullet. Word.
1: Is it, <laughs> it takeaway time?
0: Takeaway. Wow.
1: You start. <laughs> I'll say two things. One is that uh, you know AI helps right? AI helps. It helps with discovery. It helps with trends. It helps with making manual tasks less manual. It, it helps with connecting and linking your data together. And you can see how AI and then, you know, a subset of that machine learning can have an impact on your metadata and your data to help, right? To scale humans. But AI is a tool uh, and that tool can work out well, or it can be a distraction and uh, be skeptical and be use case centric that's my takeaway sort of a long one
0: <laughs> uh, so i was going to say the same thing about uh, be use case centric uh, be skeptical be critical again be skeptical be critical of how anybody who's selling you some ai system that's going to magically do everything it is a hi- there is a hype but it is reality there are so many different types of ai techniques that are here it does help by being critical and skeptical we need to understand that the humans need to be involved and we need to figure out what's the best way of having humans involved such that we can scale the humans and be successful, which means we need to go define what success means, which means we need to be use case driven. Yeah.
1: Uh, I love that. And maybe, and maybe also measure,
0: right?
1: Yeah. That's a good way. Always
0: measure. I mean, at the end, that's how we define success is we need to have a way to measure things. Let's go take a baseline that we can quantify. We're going to our hypothesis is that we're going to go do X and then we can go measure X and compare it to our baseline. That's how we know if we're being successful and how successful. And even if it's worth going down this path or not,
1: is it speeding us up and are we achieving better outcomes? Right.
0: Tim, always a pleasure. You have a great one. Talk to you next week. Absolutely.
1: You too.